0: Hey guys, welcome to Real Live Talk. I'm so excited that you're here to catch this episode. I had such a good conversation with Stacy Diffendaffer, who's the guest for this episode. Stacy is the author of Unconditioned Love: Healing Hearts and Minds in a Time of Conflict and Division. She's passionate about breaking down the walls that divide us and creating safe spaces to have healing conversations. Stacey shares her story about how she was the victim of sexual abuse as well as other varied kinds of trauma throughout her life and how she's experienced the transformational power of the love of God. And now she's helping other people all around the world experience and walk in healing and freedom. And I just want to say, if you've been hurt or wounded, abandoned, betrayed, if you've been dealing with depression, anxiety, living in fear... Holding on to trauma from the past, living in guilt or shame as a result, I want you to know that you are definitely not alone. There is zero shame in asking for help. And also, God wants to heal you, heal your heart, and He wants you to walk in and experience the freedom that He sent His Son Jesus to die to secure for you. Uh, Stacy's life is such a beautiful example of this, of the redemptive character and nature of God. And uh, I know that you're going to get a ton of value out of this conversation. If somebody comes to your mind as you're listening to this, maybe someone that has experienced some kind of trauma in their life as well, consider sharing this episode with them. Stacy, she did such a good job at breaking some of these things down and I uh, really believe it will be a blessing to them. All right. Well, again, thank you so much for being here. Bless you as you listen to this conversation with Stacy Diffendaffer. All right. Hello, Stacy hi <laughs> how are you
1: i'm great how are you doing
0: awesome i'm just excited that you can hear me uh we had some technical difficulties at the top of the show here but uh we're good we're rocking now we're rolling so yeah. stacy diff and really really appreciate you i'm pumped that you're here it seems like we've been trying to make this uh podcast happen for a while now right Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, life but gets in the way sometimes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. But I really do appreciate you. I appreciate your time. Thank you for joining us. I'm really excited for what we're going to talk about and all of the value that uh, that we're that that you that we're going to be able to bring to listeners today and anyone that hears this podcast in the future. Uh, I've had the opportunity to here uh, just by conversation through conversation with you um, and uh, just also kind of following you on social media and stuff like that to hear a little bit about your story and some of the things that have happened in your life and your past and stuff like that and uh, really just excited for what you're going to be able to share to us and really just the life and the value and the healing and everything that uh, that's going to come out of this so I'm really excited before we jump into it if you would just maybe share a little bit with us about who you are.
1: Yeah, I, I'm an author. I've written a book called Unconditioned Love, Healing Hearts and Minds in a Time of Conflict and Division. Uh, I also uh, have some rental properties that I, uh, I remodeled with my husband, which were really fun projects, and we, um, we rent them out now. So those are the things that keep me busy. I'm, I'm married to a wonderful man named Jose, and uh, we have a little fur baby named Peanut. So it's kind really? of my life right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's my baby. <laughs> what, what
0: exactly is Peanut?
1: He's a Tibetan Spaniel, so
0: he's oh, yeah. about
1: 12 pounds. Yeah, lots of personality.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Is that a, uh, yeah, that's awesome. How, how old is Peanut?
1: He is 10.
0: So. Wow. Okay. Have you had him all 10 years?
1: We've had him for about nine years. We actually found him and uh, we weren't able to find the owners, but we weren't sure if it was an abuse case anyway. So it was kind of a, yeah, but uh, he's, he's wonderful. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, that's awesome. And where are you and uh, your husband Jose from originally?
1: Originally we're from Arizona. So my husband was from Tucson. I was from Chino Valley, Arizona, which is a very small town. And we met in Phoenix, Arizona. And then we moved almost all over the Southwest and finally made the trek all the way to the other side of the country to Winston-Salem, North Carolina.
0: Mm, That's awesome. And that's where you are now? Yes. Very cool. All right. Well, awesome. Well, uh, again, Stacey, thank you so much. Thanks for being here. Really appreciate you. Um, let's get into some stuff. Can we maybe get into just some of the background around um, the things that you're today advocating for, the reason why you decided to write this book, Unconditioned Love? And uh, let's just get a little bit of the of the background.
1: Yeah, I, I am advocating for unconditioned love. And basically what that means to me is that, you know, life experiences, pain and trauma, and even good experiences can change the way we see people. So we may see certain people as bad or a threat, or maybe we see them other people as allies. But I believe that we need to follow the example of Jesus and remove the conditions that we put on love. And we need to understand what's caused us to uh, withhold love from certain people. Uh, once we realize that, then we're able to work with God and be transformed and uh, and just offer the, the kind of love that Jesus does.
0: Yeah, the... How long ago did you write the book, Unconditioned Love?
1: I started writing it a little over three years ago, but uh, just published it this May.
0: Okay, awesome. Good for you. It's so it's so interesting. The, the first book that I wrote, um, I wrote it like, I think back in 2013, or maybe it was 14. I wrote it really quick, and then I didn't publish it for like six years. <laughs>
1: Yeah, isn't that amazing?
0: <laughs> it's so crazy, like how time flies. I don't know. Did What What was, um, did it take you basically that full three years to write the book or had you written it and then you were just kind of, you know, waiting on some things to come together or what was your process like?
1: Yeah, it took me nine months to complete my first draft. Three of those months I had writer's block and I had to work through that uh, when I finished uh, the first draft. I spent a year on rewrites and editing, and I worked on this probably uh, Monday through Friday, like a job, wow. eight hours a day, sometimes ten. Wow. And uh, yeah, I found my publisher after uh, after a year. After ha- I a year after I finished my first draft, and then from there, I did countless rewrites and editing. For the entire year right up until publishing
0: yeah well uh let me let me do this i i don't normally do this so if it doesn't work we'll we'll figure it out but i want to just kind of i'm going to pull this up on the screen just so for anybody that's watching can can see it this is um the book on amazon so again the author is stacy Diffendaffer and the book is unconditioned love stacy this book i was i was looking um just on amazon and uh Really just some really great reviews of your book. I mean, I was really blown away as to like the response and to what people were saying. And uh, I am reading it as well. I'm um, in it. I haven't read the whole thing yet, but, I, but I'm in it. And um, if I could, Stacey, if I could, if this wouldn't, uh, you know, um, I, there's an there's an excerpt from your book that I would like to read, if it's OK. Sure. Um, yeah, you please. mind me? You don't, you don't mind me doing that? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> um, because I really do. I think that this is really, really powerful. And even though in this particular excerpt, excerpt I, I struggle with that word, you, you are talking about some of your experience. Um, and not everybody can relate to to your experiences. But I mm-hmm. think that almost just about everybody will be able to relate to the feeling that you were that you had. Um, That's that's being expressed in this. And so I think this is really powerful. I just want to read this. Um, Each time I was hurt, it was like another weighty layer added onto me. I carried this new layer with me until another layer was added and another. The longer I carried them, the more they decayed and rotted. By the time I was in my 20s, anger and bitterness had formed spores that spread to the innermost part of me. It didn't take long at all until I was thick with heavy layers that I mistook for armor that would protect me. I was a brazen force who would walk through walls or people to get what I wanted. When my behavior triggered backlash, I laughed it off. But if you could have pulled back that steely veneer, you would have found a girl who understood that life was hard and believed that in order to survive, she must be harder. Maybe you can relate. I was the target of abuse, betrayal, abandonment, theft, and deceit. Without knowing it, I spent decades living in survival mode. I fought, throwing aimless punches at the world, until one day the only thing I had left, my only form of protection, was stolen from me too. Chronic illness made me weak. It was as though all those layers had become too heavy to carry, and my body, the source of constant motion I relied on to outrun the angst, gave out under the weight of it all. When I could no longer fight, I hid. I was bedridden for years in my late 20s, and I came to know isolation, first as an affliction and then as a kind of safety. Something changed in my spirit. I lost the part of myself that believed I had anything to offer. Like a wild and wounded animal, I became small and moved out of the way, biting and snarling at anybody who approached for fear the next attack would be the one that finally did me in man like and i could keep going for sure but um i was i read i i was reading your book and i read that like several times just sort of that mm-hmm. section um because it's re- it's really really powerful and the thing that kept going through my head was okay um and and we can we'll get into you know maybe sharing some of the you know more specific details of your story and some things that have happened to you Stacy um your story is one that i think A lot of people can relate to as far as abuse and, um, you know, things like that. But it's also a story that even those who haven't experienced those things, I feel like on some level, just about all of us could relate to that feeling of, you know, the different layers of, you know, this problem happened, this challenge, this adversity, this person betrayed me, this person abandoned me. You know, I felt this. I perceived this. Sometimes even some of our struggles that we go through, they're not even... It's not even that somebody abandoned us, but we perceive that they did. And so, you know, it affects us that same way. Right. And how just like listening to your words here can really just sort of start to form those calluses on our heart and, and 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 our thinking that causes us to act and respond to people in a certain way that's really outside of our character. And so I just really felt like it was so powerful what you were saying there, something that I think so many can relate to. And um So, yeah, if you want to I don't know if you want to share any thoughts on what I just said or if it's easier for you maybe to just kind of jump in and start, you know, telling us a little bit about um, about some of these struggles that you've gone through. And then we can, you know, maybe just kind of talk through some of these things.
1: Yeah, I just the the thoughts that I have and I, I do touch on it in my book. But around all of that is that, you know, what I was working through was. I knew God, I, I was saved and I had a relationship with God, but the more pain that I, I kept feeling and enduring, it, it tore me away from that trust in God. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I felt yeah. like if, you know, where are you God in this? If, if I can't trust you, then who can I trust? And the answer was myself. And, you know, and, and that's where we start to build that armor and, and um, kind of keep people at arm's length in different ways. We have so many different ways to do that. But, yeah, yeah, it really comes down to just kind of this trust that's you know, we can feel like it's broken. And really, that can be kind of a, a, a misinterpretation of, um, of who God is and how he works, you know, the whole time mm. he was with me. He was absolutely with me in every single moment holding me. And I know that now, but at the time, I didn't know that. And if I had, then it, it would have made a big difference. So that mm-hmm. is one thing that, you know, I really want people to understand is that he never leaves us. He's always with us and he's just, you know, ready to help us through the hard stuff in life but um yeah sorry i didn't mean to take away we were <laughs> going down the road of of the things that happened
0: no and, you're fine uh, <laughs> you're fine there's no uh, i don't have a format here and i yeah. you know i do i do want um yeah i mean just whatever you're comfortable you know sharing and yeah. and getting into um we can talk about mm-hmm. some of those things and then um because you know ultimately you know the point here of course is not to just let's talk about all the gruesome details of your past no like but the point is that that through the struggles that you've gone through you know god has brought so much freedom out of it and now he's using your story to impact the lives of so many people that maybe have gone through something or maybe still find themselves stuck in that place of despair of depression of anxiety of you know not not sure like well, anyway, I don't I don't want to give too much away. So yeah. I'd, I'd like to just kind of hear from you a little bit. And let's, um yeah. Let's, yeah.
1: yeah uh, my pain started from a very early age. I had a lot of different kinds of abuse. I had uh, sexual abuse um, pretty early on. Uh, mm-hmm. One of the things that happened later was uh, when I was 16, I lost my virginity to rape. So I, uh, you know, I was on a date, and I, the guy said that he needed to pick up something from his dorm room. I didn't think much of it, and so I went there with him, and uh, that's where I was raped. I had uh, a boyfriend, and so that was when I was 16. I also had a boyfriend when I was 16. That uh, later where uh he physically abused me when he drank and he was an alcoholic mm. so that happened quite a lot it took me a while to get out of that relationship much longer than it should have mm. um but you know i i kind of felt i i was looking for acceptance and love and so you know Sometimes we we don't make the best decisions when we feel like that's kind of the best that we can get.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Wow.
1: And uh, there, I later I worked for a search engine optimization company, and the CFO of the company became friends with me, which made me feel really good. It made me feel good that he thought somebody of such high stature and a company would you know want to be my friend and value me so uh yeah we just hung out for months and one day i told him that i was having a hard time paying my bills i i did i was really scared i didn't know how i was going to pay my bills that month and i wasn't asking for help but i was just confiding in a friend he told me that he would pay my bills if I reciprocated with a sexual act. I told him, "No, I'll figure something out. He stopped talking to me and two weeks later, I lost my job. So uh, mm. that was painful. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I was, um, I was roofied. A man attempted to rape me by drugging me, and I was so incredibly sick. I should have been hospitalized. I was probably the sickest I've ever been in my life. And uh, thankfully, my friend got me away from the guy, and he wasn't able to rape me. Uh, Another time, a friend stole $25,000 from me we were going to invest in a real estate deal together Mm. and I didn't protect myself. Uh, I didn't enter into a contract. I wrote him a check for $25,000 and Mm. I never saw the money again. Wow. But so, you know, a lot of hurt and I came to an unconscious belief at some point that All of the pain I've experienced has come from men. So that must mean that. Not
0: not to interrupt you, Stacey, but and maybe not every not I guess not every one of the circumstances you just mentioned, but most of them were people that you knew. Right. Like people that were supposed to be a friend or supposed to be a boyfriend or, you know, someone that you were supposed to have been able to to a certain extent, trust or confide in. And yeah. then, of course, they just completely, you know, manipulated and misused your trust to get what they wanted yeah. out of you. Yeah, yeah. that's Sorry, a great going.
1: point. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's a great point. And it, it does make a difference, too, because that does uh, play into how you start to think, you know, I can't let people get too close
0: because they'll yeah. betray me. Wow yeah yeah I, I think I think you're absolutely right. I think that really does compound it because something that's so devastating, I think in life is when trust is broken. um mm-hmm. of course, going through what you went through at the age of sixteen and losing your virginity to rape, um, if that happened at the hands of anybody, you know, a stranger or obviously it's it's completely devastating, right? Yeah. Um, but when these things are happening at the hands of people where there's supposed to be a level of trust there, now what happens is okay, like these, like we talked about, those layers kind of building up over time, and it, and and I would just imagine that the result is well, how do I know I can trust anybody? How do yeah. I know that I can open my heart up to anybody or open up my my life to anybody and really, you know, give myself to to actually get to that place where I can trust somebody in my life because it seems like. Over and over again, when I've tried it, I've been like not just betrayed, but betrayed in these like really gross and disgusting and demeaning ways. You know, is that? Yeah. Was that part of the. uh, Struggle.
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And the guy that uh, raped me actually worked with him. And so, I mean, that, you know, again, there's a familiarity there. Uh, Well, what happened was the next day I knew that we were working together. So I came into work expecting a really awkward encounter and Uh he wasn't there, but the police were, and they said that they were looking for him. He had a warrant out for his arrest for multiple rapes.
0: Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness.
1: And it's, it's interesting because, um, you know, just looking back on how I dealt with everything, it I I really acted like it was just normal that it was another day, and uh, even told myself that in a way just to comfort myself that you know what this is life, and you've been you know I I had already been through a lot, and uh, and so I really I was just kind of like you know what this is life and life sucks and yeah. you die and then, you know, whatever. And wow. all of those cliches that wow. you hear. I mean, you know, this is why people say that stuff because they just want to blow it off and avoid the pain and not deal with yeah. it. Um, you know, cause it feels safer.
0: Wow. Um, don't feel like you have to answer this question if it's, mm-hmm. if, if you don't want to, but I'm, I was just wondering with the cops being there that day that you showed up to work after uh, this you know traumatizing experience the day before um did you did you ever did you ex did you tell them that you were a victim as well or did you just kind of let them they were already after him and and did you just kind of let it go like did was that something that you that you held on to and kept hidden for a while or was it something that you brought out and told the authorities about
1: yeah i didn't tell them i yeah, I had not even processed it yet. You know, I, I kind of, I, I wasn't even sure if what had happened to me was rape because, wow. you know, we, yeah, our, yeah, especially back then, our culture um, made a point to, you know, when women came forward, the questions arose, well, how badly did you fight? How badly were you beaten up? You know yeah, all of these like things, and the, the answer and yes, yeah. and the answer is what you know. A lot of times we just don't know how to respond, and you're in shock, yeah. and you're hoping that whatever you do doesn't make things worse. And so, yeah, it's there's it's so complicated and complex, and when when there is victim blaming in culture it really just makes you think, you know, it's, I'm, I'm just going to, um, you know, move forward. And just like right. anything else, any other hurt, you just move forward, that's it, you know? Mm. So, uh, but when it comes to sexual assaults, it really takes a lot more processing, I think, than the physical abuse. Um, it, okay. There's something there that just, it's not as clear.
0: Yeah, and did you, because I know that this is a big issue, like Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people um, that are sexually abused, they end up blaming themselves for it. Um, They end up thinking, you know, that it it was either all their fault or on some level it was their fault or I could have done this differently or I'm so stupid, why did I do that? And I think that a lot of shame surrounds it for so many people because they really do sort of internalize it as something that that um you know that was somehow on some on some like really twisted level it was their fault and uh anyway is that something that you dealt with as well
1: yeah yeah i i thought it's my fault i mean you know i i didn't i went back there i went into his dorm room and then you know just whatever happened i kind of felt like if I didn't, you know, uh, that whatever I did wasn't enough. So it must be my fault. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's just so, it's so like maddening to me, like to think about, you know, someone, somebody like will, will do that to another person, will inflict that kind of harm, that kind of not just physical, yes. Physical, of course. Physical abuse, you know, physical assault, totally taking advantage of somebody. But, like, the psychological and mental and emotional harm that follows it for so many people, like, often for years, often throughout the rest of their life, often causing them to, you know, have, like, destructive relationships in the future and, you know, not being able to get close to people like we talked about and and having those walls put up and those barriers. And then, like, it's so crazy because, you know, um, this is a statistic that I've heard I don't know um, if uh, maybe you're maybe you know more information on this than me but but my understanding is that about two-thirds of sexual assault just goes completely unreported um and uh and that a very very small percentage of sexual offenders will actually you know actually get caught or actually do jail time you know that kind of a thing because again it it, it becomes it's just so unfair when I think about it that someone else will inflict that kind of pain on another individual but then the victim will then think maybe even go through the rest of their lives or several years of their lives thinking that it was their fault that it happened and therefore keeping their mouth shut about it and not you know not saying anything about it um it's just such a twisted thing and of course you know the enemy is at the root of it right and Mm -hmm. you know the, the 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 games that that he you know plays in our minds and preys upon our thoughts and stuff like that and you know we end up carrying things that we have no business carrying so i guess uh what would you say to somebody who is just carrying around you know something like that some kind of guilt or or pressure or even what you know so, so often we know how these stories play out right they lead to depression so often and and anxiety and just like trouble in other areas of life so Anybody that's just walking around, whether it's from sexual abuse or just any other kind of trauma that someone else is holding on to that they're not walking in freedom from yet, what what's something that you would? And maybe this is a loaded question. I know maybe this will take us the rest of the podcast even, and that's fine <laughs> if it does. But uh, just curious, like what's what's kind of on your heart for for these for these people that have been hurt and wounded and uh, yeah. in some kind of trauma?
1: Uh, so much. <laughs> First no. of all, yeah, um, you know, one of the hardest things is to have grace and compassion for yourself when that happens, mm-hmm. and yet we need it. We need it the most, you know. We've we've got to learn how to be our own ad, advocate and friend. And um, you know, for me, that was actually I've gone through a very long journey of healing with God. And that was the last thing that I was that I held on to, I should say, is I still was that critical voice for myself. I I agreed with the enemy when I criticized myself, and um, you know I I'm learning now when I have those thoughts to just to talk back to them, not yell back at them, but just to say, you know what, no, you know. Stacey, you are a child of God and you are loved and you are so valuable. And, um, it, you know, that, but it takes time to get there and that's okay too. Yeah. It's okay yeah. not to be okay. Um, but the very most important thing is to just seek help because, you know, we can't do it alone. Even working with God, we need that outside person who has, who has training or has gone before us and, and has been through the journey to um, you know, to be that advocate for us. So uh, whether it's counseling, Christian counseling um, you know, and there's also a program that really helped me, which is called celebrate recovery. It's a Christ centered 12 step program. Right. Mm -hmm. So just, you know, get, get that help. That's the first step
0: yeah and there's no there's no shame in that right there's no shame Mm -hmm. in recognize i mean we all we every single one of us needs help like (laughs) every single one of us and and definitely at at certain points in our lives we all need like like more help than at other times right and you know getting going to a a counselor go you know um talking to a friend and stuff like that like that's great and you need we we need that we need those people in our lives but sometimes it really is so necessary especially when someone who's just like so bombarded in their thought life and mm-hmm. de- dealing with, you know, things like depression and anxiety and, and, uh, you know, when guilt gets to that point where it's just weighing you down and crippling you, don't, please don't, he- don't hesitate. Don't feel ashamed or let anybody, yeah. you know, put you down or mock you because you need to seek mm-hmm. some kind of help from a counselor or even professional help. You know, it's, yes. um, yeah like you're saying it's it's uh there's times in our lives where it's just necessary Mm -hmm. should not let anybody put you down or look at you sideways because of that and if they do like you don't need that person in your life
1: yeah it's just yeah you know it is about um growing it's about growth and even you know i mean for, for a lot of people it's about healing first but even for people who haven't experienced deep trauma, and I say deep because I think of COVID, and honestly, I feel like most of us have been traumatized by that in one way or another. Yeah. <laughs> right. Even if, you right. know, we weren't, like, I, I, I came out of that pretty unscathed, but still, there was, this, you know, there were things that were very difficult, times that were difficult, and I know sure. that a lot of us have had that. So, yeah, I mean it's always a good time to, um, to grow and to, you know, especially when it's Christ centered, I really feel like that's important, but, you know, going through these programs or, or counseling, it is just about keeping your spiritual and mental health in, in check, just like you would go to a regular doctor for a physical. It's important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And probably the area of health that, not not everybody, but an area of health that a lot of us, I, I'd say, you know, probably the majority um, neglect the most. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, does that make sense the way I'm saying that? So oh, yeah. mm-hmm. an area that I, I think we don't give a lot of of attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but Jesus, he the work that he did on the cross for us was so perfect and so thorough and so complete because yeah. he wants us to walk in absolute freedom. And mm-hmm. so, you know, when we're allowing stuff from the past and I say allowing, like that might, that might be a condes- you know, sound condescending, but, but, you know, really Jesus came to set us free. Yes. And, you know, there's times when I can take a thought into my head and I can say, and I can just kind of, you know, uh, second Corinthians 10, like I can just kind of cast down that argument and I can keep going with my life and it doesn't affect me. But if I'm going through something in my life where you know, it requires more than that. It requires me to talk to somebody. It requires me to get counseling. It requires me to, you know, whatever it might be, to read Unconditioned Love. You know what I mean? Like, it requires me to go a little bit further, then um, it's it's worth it, right? It's, it's worth it because, you know, your mental health, your emotional health, all of that is, it's such a big part of life because, you know, Stacey, I think it's in those moments when we're alone. Like, going back to that excerpt that I read from your book where you said... It was like when when your physical body started, when you started uh, being affected by that chronic condition in your physical body mm-hmm. to where now you couldn't move around as much as you did before. In other words, the way that I took that was you you couldn't distract yourself in life mm-hmm. as much as you could before that because you couldn't go yeah. as many places or do as many things. So you were left alone with your thoughts probably a lot more often. Like I remember yeah. I remember going through that many years ago where I was uh just constantly, like, I never wanted to be home. I would basically get home, like, exhausted so I could just fall asleep and then get up and then get out of the house and do my thing because I never wanted to be alone with my thoughts because every time I was alone with my thoughts, I immediately would just come under more guilt and condemnation, thinking that the things that were surrounding my life, the circumstances that were surrounding my life were my fault. And, uh, you know, I think when... When we're sort of left alone without those protective barriers that we often put up to keep ourselves safe, then what happens is we're bombarded by um, a really potentially unhealthy thought life that just can lead us deeper and deeper into despair, depression, whatever. And sometimes you really do need help to get out of that, you know.
1: Yeah. And, and those are coping mechanisms and, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, we think of coping mechanisms as alcohol or drugs, um, porn, mm. but you know, right. there, there's also staying busy, um, being, um, having a temper, you know, hair triggered temper, worrying, being in fear, anxiety, uh, trying to control everything, being a perfectionist, these are all coping mechanisms, and we use those to avoid pain and not deal with it because you know we think that that is going to keep us from hurting, and it doesn't. It is a time bomb waiting to explode. Eventually, it will all catch up, and you know the chronic illness is was my time bomb. It was I was bedridden in my late twenties to early thirties. With fibromyalgia, I um, spent all of my time in bed or on my recliner, and I, I, I was in, I was so sick, and yeah. there, I mean, I started, I had panic attacks, and, I mean, I thought constantly about ending my life. That's all I wanted to do because I was wow. so miserable. It catches up.
0: Yeah, and so. Stacey, like what started to kind of I know it was a process that you had to walk through, but what sort of started to turn things around and, you know, getting you to move in another direction and really beginning to walk in the healing that you've, you know, come to experience and now is a part of normal part of your life?
1: Yeah, I well, I married my husband, Jose, uh, when I was Actually, going through a lot, I had just been diagnosed uh, about a, I don't know, a year or two before that with fibromyalgia. Yeah. I wasn't able to work anymore because I was so sick. So I lost my business. Can
0: I stop you for one uh, second? Could yes. You, could you yeah. explain, because I I have a very vague idea. Um, could you explain what fibromyalgia is, like how it affects the body?
1: Yeah. It is a nervous system disorder and it affects everything that the nervous system takes care of which is everything (laughs) so uh it yeah you know it um it stops producing the right hormones which can cause all sorts of um mental illness uh it gives you chronic pain uh for me it was chronic pain in my upper body so my back neck and head i had migraines constantly i my oh. muscles were so tight that it uh it pulled ribs out when i moved the wrong way really yeah it, it there was oh, uh, it develops scar tissue so your muscles are rock hard um wow. it uh let's see fatigue uh so much Fatigue—that it feels like you're just unable to accomplish a small task. Um, yeah, that's you know, there's there's a lot tied to it, and then it causes stomach problems and all sorts of things. But it it really affects so many different areas of, of physical well-being and okay. mental.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, I interrupted you, so uh, yeah. I appreciate I appreciate you um, yeah. just letting me know, you know what that entails. i don't I don't even know if if I should say this or not. it it sounds like it sounds like like a lot of those physical things that you were describing, it sounds a lot of like what was probably going on internally. Mm-hmm. like in terms yeah. of, you know, describing the you know the the tightness and describing. Um, you know, just like different aspects of it, the way that that it was affecting your physical body it's probably a lot of, you know, what was going on internally as well. I'm not, I'm not saying there was a, a connection there necessarily. I'm just saying, like, you know, if all of that that you were already going through internally in your mind, those walls that you were building up and and just everything that was going on, all of those things just kind of layering upon each other. And learning how to sort of have that hardness and that toughness about you and walking through life that way for so long. And now it's like, you know, you have this stuff affecting you in a physical way as well that becomes, you know, physically debilitating. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, you keep going. We were talking about how you had yeah. met your husband and all that was going on.
1: Yeah, well, just to um, touch on what you were saying, I am... Uh, yeah, I've, I've read that, that it that's where chronic illness really stems from is trauma okay. that's unresolved. Uh, wow. So, yeah, yeah. it's I'm reading right now a popular book called uh, The Body Keeps Score, I think it is, and and he's saying a yeah, lot yeah, of yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I'm not wow. surprised. I, I do talk to a lot of people with fibromyalgia, and they've had trauma at some point in their life, whether it's a car accident or something.
0: Wow. Um So I I wasn't aware of any, I wasn't aware of that at all. It just sounded like the way you were describing it. I was like, it sounds like sort of almost like a physical manifestation of what she's been carrying, you know, on the inside. Wow. That's interesting. Oh Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I was, it, it was in my head, like in other words, just that constant, like pushing back those dark thoughts or, or trying to, um, not hear the thoughts that, you know, my, my body wanted to tell me or, in my stomach, you know, just the knots of, um, of yeah. being, you know, and, and my back. Yeah. Just the tension, constant wow. tension. Uh, yeah. It's so, yeah, no, you're, you're right on about that.
0: <laughs> every, yeah. every once in a while I get one, right. <laughs> so, all right. So, we keep, uh, yeah, we keep going, Stacey. Thank you. Uh,
1: Um, so yeah, I, I lost everything, (laughs) uh, lost my business, my home, all of that. And, uh, I met my husband really when all of that was happening. I kind of, I knew it was happening. Um, and I, I was honestly surprised that he even wanted anything to do with me (laughs) because I was, I felt like I was such a mess, uh, but he did. And, um, yeah, so we, we got married Uh, but my health got worse when we got married and, um, and we both began to change too. We, it was like everything, all of our baggage caught up with us. You know, we were in the honeymoon stage before we got married. And then when we got married, it was like, that was over. And we, we just, all of the baggage that we both carried caught up with us. So I I was now bedridden, like even worse, and we couldn't have any fun together. And uh, he worked out of town every other week. So he would come home just exhausted from that. And sure. the house would be a mess because I couldn't even take care of myself while he was gone. I, I could barely eat, like feed myself. And um, so, you know, he'd come home. House is a mess and I am a mess. I'm just crying and just wishing life was over. And Mm. he is thinking, I am young. How is this my life? (laughs) You know, and he didn't know how to deal with it. Who does? It's an impossible situation. It's a dark and awful situation. So we he basically would let me know that I didn't sign, you know, that he didn't sign up for this and he he just didn't want to be in this situation and and i was terrified that he was going to leave me so uh it was it was bad and um i you know i i constantly prayed to god but my prayers were god heal me miraculously or take my life in you know and um and and at that time take my life was the that would have been to me an act of mercy, but God had something so much bigger for me uh, that I just couldn't see. And um, so one day I was, I decided to read the Bible from beginning to end. I just you know, thought I'm going to do this. And I got to the point where Moses asked God to show him his glory and he did. And that yeah. just like, Permeated within me, and I thought, "Wow, is it possible that God could love me that much? Could He? I don't know. Maybe." And so that became my new prayer: "God, reveal Yourself to me." And He did. Uh, you know, it, it <laughs> in miraculous, like unexplainable ways. But but first it was in the small ways. And that was um, pointing me to documentaries that taught me how to eat healthy. And I thought okay. I was eating healthy, but I wasn't. I didn't know how to eat healthy. And I didn't know that I had a bunch of food allergies and just all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And so um, I started I, I started eating plant-based diets. I um, And then I, I started researching more Pretty soon, I was um, I was studying natural medicine. At that time, I was on 13 medications, so it was mostly oh. some really hardcore uh, medication, like pain medications, pain stuff, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and yeah. Uh, yeah. and mental health medication. So oh. both of those were causing even more side effects, and so the doctors you know they didn't know what to do so they kept adding more medication and when i started studying go ahead
0: (laughs) you were how you were how old at this point were you still in your like mid 20s late 20s okay yeah 29 okay
1: and so i
0: young when i
1: yeah very yeah that should have been you know the prime of life and instead i i felt like i was about 90 years old i mean there was a time when i was showering and I just lost my balance and fell out of the shower and pulled the shower curtain down on top of me. I mean, stuff Mm -hmm. that doesn't happen to 29 year olds.
0: Right. So unless you're drunk uh, or something. Unless you're drunk.
1: (laughs) I didn't even have that benefit.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah.
1: But yeah, so, um, you know, I I started to, I I got off the medication and then started uh, taking supplements and just basically learning how to live. And I really feel like that was a big God moment, a long, drawn out God moment, because, you know, he could have healed me miraculously, but I would have continued down living in a way that wasn't taking care of my body. And so, wow. right. Wow. And, um, so he taught me how to live. I mean, oh, Jesus man. said, I came to give you life and life abundant. Yeah. And that's part of it is learning how to live. So, um, wow. you know, I, I was starting to get a little bit healthier and, but we're still having marital problems because now we can kind of have some fun, but there had been so much damage done that we were still mm. holding on to there was still just this hurt that we were holding on to so uh we were going to church the i mean this was several years later i was able i was not bedridden anymore but still dealing a lot with health issues um and we went to church one day and there was an ad for the program celebrate recovery and it said twelve step, you know. It's for anybody who has a hurt, hang up, or habit. And uh, my husband elbowed me and said, "Maybe we should go to that." And I elbowed him back and I said, "Maybe you should go to that <laughs> because it's <laughs> your problem, <laughs> not mine. You're the problem,
0: <laughs> wow. and you
1: know. And if you get fixed, then our marriage will be perfect."
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and- <laughs> that's what we all think, Stacy.
1: Right, uh, it's my just,
0: wife. You need to fix my wife.
1: Exactly.
0: Like, nope. nope. No. Uh, no. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And so, um, so he did. He he went to the program, even though he felt like we both should. And uh, you know, I give him props for that because yeah, that's hard. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's really hard so uh he's going really
0: to the a program they see like there really is such a stigma attached to these kinds of things yes i mean i know we already talked about this but it just it just keeps it just keeps coming coming into my mind like there really is such a stigma and we get so proud it's particularly men i would say definitely more than women um you know but i think i think all of us can definitely have that that those pride issues that really keep us from walking in freedom because we're unwilling to do something different. We're unwilling to admit that we need help. We're unwilling to, you know, open up with somebody. And, you know, I don't believe in like just sharing all your you know, baggage and dirty laundry with, with everybody, but you know, there definitely comes a time where we do just need to talk. We need to open up. We need to be willing to let that pride go a little bit so that we could really experience what he has for us. I mean, God can, as you said, really just supernaturally reach into your life and intervene and change things around Mm -hmm. in a moment in a miraculous way like you can do that and i you know i've seen him do that for so many people but like for so many people it's a process of walking through and i think that god is not just interested in doing supernatural things in our lives but he's also interested in our relationships with one another in us building those connections I, that's such a big part of kingdom living is walking with yes. one another. And so much healing comes, I think through relationship when we, you know, approach it the right way. And, uh, when we allow Jesus to really be at the center and we allow him to lead us. And, and I really believe that Jose was for sure led by the spirit, you know, in, in what he did and in, in talking to you about it and then listening and going to the thing and kind of setting that example for you guys in, in your marriage, Um, that's a really beautiful thing. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, had he not, I don't know where we would be, honestly. I don't know if we would have ever gotten there, but there were times when, you know, we would go, it it took place at night at the church and we'd show up and there was another event there. And, you know, it was like, we just felt like we wanted to sneak in the back door. (laughs) Yeah. Like, is there a back door to this place? Yeah, you know, and and we were just so worried about what people would think of us. And we should have been more worried about the destruction that was happening on the inside of us and what it was doing to our relationships, like what you were talking about. And that's because, again, that's where I believe abundance lies, you know, in our relationship with each other and with God. And uh, so, yeah, that, that was the turning point for sure. When we, I, oh, well, let me tell you how. So I, um, he was going for a while and finally we were just getting into fights that were so bad. I was just sure that we would end up getting a divorce if something Mm. drastic didn't change. So uh, that's, and, and I had actually started to see a difference in him too. So that's when I decided to give it a shot and go there. But, you know, I said the same thing. I was like, I'm not an addict. I don't, you know, but- that wasn't true. I was addicted to anger and fear and controlling situations and people, you know, it's, it's the same thing. It's a different substance or a different, it's yeah. not, it's a different coping mechanism. No.
0: Right. Yeah. It's, it's anything that, anything that kind of gives you that, that sort of release, like when you're, when, when pressure hits you, and then that sort of like this is my this is my reward. This is the thing that yeah. makes me feel comfortable. This is the thing that mm-hmm. makes me, you know, feel relieved for a moment, whether, yeah, again, whether it's yeah. pornography or it's some kind of a substance, mm-hmm. or if it's that like twisted place you go in your mind, you know, like mm-hmm. we can be, become so addicted to worry, to like mm-hmm. to drama, to fear. Like we can be so addicted to it. I, I talk about worry a lot because. I think that worry is this thing in our that we do it's like this place we go in our minds where we're just trying to keep control of our circumstances yeah. by just like weighing them out and playing out the scenarios and what if this happens and we we just sort of live in that in that what if sort of a state because it gives us this sense that we're in control that we're in charge of it and whether we yeah. we whether we recognize it or not, because it feels very negative. So we wouldn't think that that's something that we're, you know, addicted to. But I really think that that we do. We build those sort of like, I don't know if they're neural pathways or those things that we build up in our in our mind, that place that we go where we're just like, this is our go to. And whenever we become overly comfortable in that place that's destructive, I think we could we could consider that something that we're addicted to. yeah
1: yeah yeah, absolutely and i i remember something came to mind where um you know i i would just whenever i was uncomfortable i would want to blame uh and i usually it was always my husband because he was closest so you know and i it's there was one point where we were driving to celebrate recovery meeting and we were late And I was really worried about how it would look for us to walk in in the middle of this, you know, especially when somebody's giving a testimony, that's the last thing you want to be interrupting, because it's so sensitive and personal. Mm -hmm. And so I was really worried about walking in on that. And I just started yelling at him for stuff. And it just, I had that aha moment that I wouldn't have had, had I not been in the program. But my aha moment was, oh my gosh, I'm not angry, I'm scared, you know, I'm worried. And so when we're able to actually correctly identify what we're feeling, we don't need the, we don't have the need to blame other people, which, you know, that's, it's pretty, it's kind of something that's prevalent.
0: Yes. It happens a lot. Yes. And I
1: think instead of just sitting in the discomfort uh, you know, we want to blame because that, as as Brene Brown says, that dispels our discomfort,
0: mm.
1: at least temporarily.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you were saying that because of the fact that you were um, in this, because of these things that you had already been sort of beginning to walk through, you were able to recognize in that moment that your anger was actually coming from a place of fear. That I that I hear yeah. that correctly. Well, exactly.
1: And I think I think that's so I think that just about all of our uh, all of our coping mechanisms come from fear, honestly. I mean, you know, if you think about it, anger, trying to control. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's fear. And.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so. Uh, I know, I know something that you, you do talk about a lot in your book is, is love, you know, mm-hmm. and so perfect love casts out fear and, That's right. you know, I, I've, um, I've, yeah, it's something that I've been, you know, saying for a number of years is like, we're always motivated, I think, by one of these two things, by love or fear yeah. and fear is always, all fear is always based on a lie mm-hmm. and, you know, we look at the enemy is the father of lies, right? and so you know he's always gonna try to manipulate in a way and that's what fear does fear manipulates you but but love love sets you free love frees you up to be who you really are you know even if you just think about it in in our relations uh with other people the way that we it approach people and the way that we treat people you know fear if i'm motivated by fear and i'm having a conversation, or i'm i'm getting to know stacy Diffendaffer, like i'm I'm motivated by fear i'm probably going to be looking for okay what can stacy do for me you know what can Mm stacy do to you know prop me up or you know what can i do to get the most out of this relationship because fear causes me to look inwardly and to promote myself love does Mm -hmm. the exact opposite love will cause me to say you know what like how can i get to know this person so that i can be beneficial to them how can i serve this person and ultimately Mm -hmm. that's always so much better for us You know, it's better to give than receive, you know, just like on a very basic level. It's like the the more we learn to serve people, the more we learn to even even with like the the more we learn to stop holding things back and allow people to see the real us to, to see who we really are, the more impact we can have. And then, of course, at the same time, the more freedom that we can walk in, because, again, perfect love, the God kind of love, it casts out fear. No, those two don't really coexist in the same place because fear runs from from it. You know,
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah, that's exactly it. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: So we're at this point now. And so you started going through the the um, celebrate recovery and, um, you know, just begin to experience the freedom of God in your life. And so now you're you're also on this path where you're learning to eat healthy and all that kind of stuff. I love what you said. Um, I love what you said. It was such a powerful thought that like God didn't just, of course, God could have just supernaturally healed, taken all your pain away in an instant, but what he did with you. And I love when God does that. And we, you know, we pray for healing. We believe in healing all the time. We see it all the time. Uh, I love those instant miracles. They're really, really awesome. Mm -hmm. And they're fun and they really demonstrate the love of God. But it's just so interesting the way you described it that what God was doing with you is that He was actually showing you how to walk in divine health. Yeah. You know, He was showing yeah. you how to because ultimately He knows that for you this is really going to help you experience the fullness of the freedom that I've come to give you. Yeah. So yeah. What is what and, is that like it, now? I mean, yeah, yeah. Go ahead.
1: Well, you know, it it also. Uh, right translates into relationship too. I you know again it, it a lot of pain is a driver of change. And so, you know, and I've had a lot of it. <laughs> so I've changed up. <laughs> but it is it, it has driven me to walk through the hard stuff of transformation with God. So drawing closer to God and relying on him. I've had a lot of isolation in my life. I've, you know, Mm. I've been isolated for over a decade because of this chronic illness. So not having a regular job and, you know, it's just my husband and I, and he works, you know, uh, thankfully (laughs) and um, but yeah, you know, this has, it's, it's put me in a place where, um, I would never have chosen it for myself, Mm. but, but I could only really truly rely on God. Um, you know, I mean, my husband definitely is a huge support, but he's also human and God is, is my savior. I mean, that was one of the things that we had a problem with this for a while. I was expecting my husband to be my savior or the doctors to be my savior. But, you know, I had to go through this process where I realized who my real savior is. It's Jesus Christ. So good. And yeah, you know, and I just, the relationship that I developed with God through this is, I mean, miraculous on its own and worth all of the pain, you know? But on top of that, um, God really showed me after i had been through a lot of this healing process and i thought i was good <laughs> he he showed me one day that um you know i i was having a hard time with somebody who again i felt like betrayed me and i was just hurting and i i was just asking god god show me how you see this person which is not a prayer that i ever really prayed before, but I think that was the spirit, you know, it's like telling yeah. me which prayer to That's pray.
0: Great prayer. That's great. Yes. I love that.
1: And he showed me something I was not expecting. He basically showed me that, you know what, this is how you see people. And it was just sin and fault. And he's like, when you, all you can see you know, or all you're looking for is sin and faults, you're not going to be able to see me. And when all you're pointing at is people's faults, you're not gonna be able to point them to the solution, which is Jesus. Come on. It was life-changing. That was one of those moments that I just, my whole world flipped upside down. And all of a sudden, I, you know, God, that was—I mean, it was so powerful. He gave me just this idea of what it looked like, what His love for people looked like, mm-hmm. and I mean, I was—I was able to feel it, like really feel it, and uh, from <laughs> from that point forward. I, I, everything changed. I mean, for a month, I was kind of in this place of just not even being present here because I wanted to be back in that place with God. Um, You know, and it's funny, it's interesting how, even when he is telling me, you know, here's a big check, you need to, you know, like you need to totally change your ways. I was just like enamored with how much love he gave. And, you know, I mean, so even when he's correcting us, yeah. it's still loving. It's yeah. still so loving. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, that was just, is, that was transformational. I just, I started to understand what, what was really important here. And that is all about, you know, loving people, pointing them to the solution. That's kind of it. Loving God.
0: Mm, it's so good. That's such a big deal. Like, ah, what if we could learn to to walk through life with people that way and and to see people that way, that when we saw people, our first thought wasn't you're a vaxxer or anti-vaxxer, you're on the right Mm -hmm. or the left, you're you know, you're with me or you're against me, you believe this, you're from that denomination, you're from that, like you're whatever, you're one of those kind of people. Mm -hmm. Instead of all that, if we could look at people and recognize like this is a this is a person that God loves. This is someone who's created. This is an image bearer of God, whether they're saved or not saved, whatever. This is a person that God created, that God loves, that Jesus died for. And so for me to walk up to these, to somebody who might be different than me, think different than me, act different than me, look differently, me to walk up to that person with all these preconceived ideas of who they are and how, whatever, like, what if we could actually, and I know you're, you're big on this is what, which is why I'm bringing this up is like, uh, learning to honor people, learning to just honor people, Mm -hmm. not just honoring the people that we like, not just honoring the people that are like us, but just honoring people, loving people, demonstrating Jesus authentically to people in life. Um, Man, how different, like how different (gasps) our world would be, of course, how different our lives would be, how much more I Mm -hmm. think joy we would have. If we could learn to be more generous, with the way that we approach people, with the way that we give our time to people and our energy and, and uh, even our, our words and our language and our demeanor and stuff like that, you know what I mean?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, I, absolutely. I, it's just, you know, I, I think about what is our testimony? You know, is our testimony about self-protection and what's good for me or is it about you know jesus and what he can do for other people which right. points to them right uh, yes <laughs> you know? yeah and you know that points to them it's it's just about seeing the, them the way god sees them which you know like what is their potential how did god create them to be what purpose does god have in store for them yeah you know, if we can just look for that and Oh, man. And people look so much different up close, too. We're so used to keeping keeping people we disagree with at arm's length. And we can't see them at arm's length, like on social media and stuff. We right. can't see the value there. But we can when we connect with them, when we get draw close to them.
0: So good. Um, man, I love it so much. Stacy. how would you say um looking back from where you are now and you know not everybody anybody that's listening to this can't see you but i'm seeing a person who's joyful who's laughing who's smiling who's enjoying life who's walking in freedom who's walking in healing you know who's leading others to do the same right and how would you looking just knowing who you are right now and going back to you know the person that you were let's just say i don't know maybe at age 25 or something like that mm-hmm. when You were like or maybe maybe that's not the right age, you know, you know, the age that I'm talking about where you were kind of like locked up and, you know, just very, very different outlook on life. Um, How different (laughs) how different is your life today after having, you know, been walking through and experiencing just the healing that the Lord has brought into your life? How different. um, Yeah. How, How different do you feel today as opposed to back then?
1: It's so different. I, you know, I always wondered where that freedom was that Jesus said He came to bring us. Where that abundant life was, you know. I'm a Christian. I have a a relationship with God, and I read the Bible sometimes, <laughs> you know. And but it's like, where was that? And I just I couldn't understand where that disconnect was. Um, but today I, I am, I am, I'm, I have so much freedom. I, I don't have, um, dark thoughts. I'm not consumed by dark thoughts anymore. I don't look in the mirror and hate myself anymore. (laughs) Um, you know, I don't see, um, I used to just try to make people feel really small because I felt like I wasn't enough. And if I could make other people feel smaller then maybe I would be, you know, like enough. Um, I I just, I have an amazing marriage. You know, it's uh, we, even when we're triggered, um, we are able to, talk through it. And just, you know, we don't go into that place of, um, of anger. Well, it's, it's more of just, you know, hurting. And I I think that, well, anyway, it helps us to work through things. Um, I just, I see a lot of anger in in the world. And, you know, I, I think that there's a lot to be upset about. But if we can Meet it with a uh, um, just sorrow and grief. Mm. In that place, we're able to hear from God more than we are when we're angry. You know, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it certainly helps in our marriage to to work through things that way. We're able to just talk, and uh, but yeah, I mean, to go back to I I have an incredible freedom. I'm just able to. Um, I still have some. Uh, some health issues that I Mm struggle through, but I'm able to do it with a certain amount of grace rather than just going into that dark place where I'm just angry and, and, you know, frustrated and scared. Uh, I, I just, you know, I know where my source of peace is and know how to access that peace when I start to move out of it. So,
0: yeah, that's awesome. How big would you say that forgiveness has been throughout this process of of walking and healing and freedom?
1: It's everything. I uh, we're not able to fully heal until we can forgive. And I was able to forgive all of the people who hurt me. Uh, and, you know, it doesn't make what they did right. But that's it, it makes it it makes it right in here like you know I'm, when I when it it allows me to just let go of it and and not be controlled by it. So.
0: Yeah, so just practically speaking, how does that work? So for somebody who like you who has been just we could say abused by somebody whether it was sexually, emotionally, psychologically um, whatever, somebody who was manipulated or abandoned by somebody that's been holding on to bitterness, resentment, anger—you know, whatever it is—these things that that lock us up and and that hold us back and and really yeah hold us back from experiencing the fullness of what Jesus came to to give us to accomplish for us because we're holding on to something that this person did to us or these people did to us. Um, what what would you say? Either like how it maybe sort of played out in your life or just something practical to like help for somebody who's having a hard time, <laughs> like letting that thing go, letting that person go, you know, um, and and really giving, um, being willing to forgive somebody else. Like, what would you say would be the maybe first steps toward experiencing that?
1: Well, you know, I, I'm big into... Celebrate Recovery Program because it actually takes you through all of these steps. Forgiveness uh, for these deep wounds, it takes time, but it also takes a lot of work. It's not something that we just time heals all wounds. It's, you know, you've got to work through it. So um, one thing I would say is to uh, really spend time praying for the person. Uh, when we pray and speak blessings over the people who have hurt us, it actually starts to change our hearts toward them. Mm. Uh, I've noticed that. And, you know, um, praying the prayers, I would say, and blessings that I would want for myself. That's a, an easy way so that, you know, you're not manipulating the prayers because that can kind of happen. <laughs> Help them feel the Lord. Easy, not to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> help them not to be the person they are right you know but uh but but to just be like you know god reveal yourself to them in a whole new way and just you know i just the um help them to give them the all of the good things that you have had planned for their life you know just all of all of these things just speak these blessings over them Um, that's, that's a big one. Another thing is to really take inventory of what, what we've done, the pain that we've caused, because when we are able to see all of the pain that we've caused because we've been hurt, then we're able to understand why they caused pain because they've Mm. been hurt too.
0: Wow. Wow. Something I, I think that's just been helpful for me in my life, uh, mm-hmm. too, with dealing with forgiveness, forgiving people that have wronged me or whatever, is uh, recognizing that, like, I, I, I think that if if we'll just, first of all, start with this place where we're willing to forgive. Because sometimes, yeah. you know, someone who's been really deeply hurt or abused or something like that by, a, by another person I, a lot of people get offended with this conversation, Stacey, mm-hmm. right? Like, have you experienced yeah. that? People get offended when you say, well, yeah. you know, like, let's start working toward forgiveness for the, like, well, are you kidding me with what they did to mm-hmm. me? They don't deserve, they deserve to suffer. They deserve like, and so what we do is we take on this thing where we think that by forgiving them, we're letting them off the hook. And that is not right. the case at all. By forgiving no. them, like you already said it, we're not condoning what they did. We're not saying that right. it's okay. We're not putting a stamp of approval on it. contrary to popular belief forgiving and forgetting are not the same thing forgiving Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you've got to forget but for us as far as my like if i'm going to forgive someone for what they've done to me to wrong to me it means that i'm releasing the debt like i'm releasing them from the debt that they owe me now if they did something Mm -hmm. illegal they should be in jail so i'm not releasing them from the debt that they owe society Mm -hmm. but i am releasing them from the debt that they Mm -hmm. owe me in terms of i'm not holding that against them any longer it does not mean that what they did was okay. And so I right. think just kind of like maybe as a first step, getting to that place in, you know, in my mind for me is like, okay, God, I don't know how to forgive this person yet, but I'm mm-hmm. willing because, yeah. you know, he forgave us. Like, I think mm-hmm. that that's, help. I don't know. It's been helpful for me. Like God forgave me mm-hmm. when all of these things that I've done, I've hurt myself. I've hurt other people. I've, you know, what, like all these things that I've done, he forgave me of all of it. Yeah. And, you know, being like recognizing his example in that, too, even. And I think grabbing that and saying, OK, if you did all this for me, no questions asked, then I should at least be willing to to give the same to those the, the other ones that you've created that you love, that you want relationship with, even if they're not, you know, walking with you right now or whatever. Um, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, ask, you know, ask God for that help. I mean, this is something that we need that supernatural help. But when we continue to ask God for it, he'll give it to us. And or even if we need to take the step out, you know, asking God to um, make me willing to forgive. But I think that even when we come to that place where we're willing, but we haven't fully forgiven, then, um, you know, at least God sees our hearts in that too, that we really do want that. We're working toward it, and that's good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stacy, this might be my last question for you. I just wanted, uh, just wondering, like, when you started to write your book, Unconditioned Love, um, I know that you had already walked through healing in your life at that point when you you know when you sat down and you started writing and you went through that process of writing the book i know that you had already experienced a ton of freedom in your life um, but what was that process like of writing the book how cathartic was that for you or you know did it help you to maybe go to another level of healing because I, I, like i know i know for me like when i start to write about something it really just takes me to a new level in my understanding in my thinking sometimes i'm writing and then like new revelation comes out that you didn't even expect so you write something that you're just like oh whoa i didn't even realize that and god speaks to you through it and so just wondering was that something that was going on through that process
1: oh yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) i i i cried all the way through it Yeah. Um, yeah good tears um but it was it was because god was speaking to me through it and you know and it was just it was healing, uh, but it was also just this next level of transformation. Um, so yeah, it was absolutely amazing. I, you know, God continued to show me new things through this process. So it was mm. it was amazing, and I think that that is, like you said, so true for for authors. Is that you know we write it because we've been through this transformation, but the writing process is another
0: transformation yeah yeah and do you think yeah i think i think when we when we write it really helps to solidify a lot of our thinking on Mm -hmm. certain things right and so do you think that that would be a good process for someone else who's not even considering being an author or publishing anything Mm -hmm. but maybe who has gone through trauma or experienced you know some of these things in their past to to write about it, whether it's just journaling or something like, I mean, I think journaling is always good for anybody anyway, Mm -hmm. because I, I think that that's just a good, I think that it's good. I think it's a good way for us to, especially, you know, when we're walking with the Lord, I think keeping track of things that God's speaking to us and stuff like that. But uh, what do you think about that? Is that something that you ever discuss with people or talk with people or recommend to someone who's maybe got some trauma in their past and, you know, maybe learning to get to that place where they can, they can write about it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I absolutely recommend it. I think that it's it, it's so healing. I mean, you know, like you said, it helps to solidify thoughts and bring them forward. It helps us to understand things that we didn't even know or maybe hidden a little bit.
0: Yeah.
1: And yeah, just um, yeah, just work through it with God. But I think that that is a really important step. Just yeah.
0: So good. Well, Stacy, I love your website. Uh, I love the name of your website, ownyourvictory.com. That is just, that's just cool. I love it. I wish I could steal that from you. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I love it. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? You know, we we'll, I want to, we're going to kind of start to wrap this up and we'll just point, tell people where they can go to find your book and some, you know, different things that they could find some resources and maybe connect with you further. But uh, what was, I guess I'm curious about your thought process there with own your victory and what led you to, to that name in particular?
1: Yeah, I, I just, um, you know, we have a victory in Jesus He's already given it to us, but a lot of us still need to uh, receive that and access it. And I used to think that just saying those words, like claiming it, you know, I received that victory uh, was enough. And I found that there are different levels of freedom and that they require work with God. I would just, um, you know, encourage people to just, Go through that journey with God, and again, a lot of times that requires stepping outside of of just doing the work yourself and finding help, or even just you know reading some really good books on it. Um, whatever the case may be, but but victory is ours. It really is. We just you know it requires relationship with God and work, but it's so worth it.
0: So good. Well, I I really, really appreciate you, Stacey. Thank you so much for your time and uh, even just your generosity with your time. We've been, it's been about an hour and 21 minutes so far. I just really appreciate it. It goes fast, right? It really does. It really does. And uh, I really do appreciate you. And uh, I'm just so blessed by having heard your story. And uh, I'm grateful to have just maybe been able to be a, a mediator here between you and whoever else is going to be able to listen to this, just maybe connecting your story with uh, some people that haven't had a chance to hear it yet. And um, I really do recommend your book. Uh, let me see if I can bring it up on the screen one more time for anybody checking the video out. Unconditioned Love by Stacy Diffendaffer. Can't see it from where I'm at. Healing Hearts and Minds in a Time of Conflict and Division. You can find the book on Amazon if you're on the fence about it just read some of the reviews, because they're really, um, really just fantastic reviews um, on this book. And uh, so many people that have been blessed by it and touched and changed and transformed and have seen victory, you know, as a result in their life. And uh, I really appreciate. How do I say this? Um, I really appreciate the message that you that you portray here of not being defined by your past and not being defined by the trauma that you've gone through, not being defined by, you know, things that have been done to you and that have happened to you, but really just coming into that place where the where the grace of God and his freedom really become the things that 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 define you and just wanting to express that to as many people as you can so that they can walk in and experience his grace and his freedom in their personal lives. Um, so I would love to uh, anybody watching, listening, check out ownyourvictory.com, visit Amazon.com, or you can actually uh check it out there through the website as well. But the book is um unconditioned love by Stacy Diffendaffer. And Stacy, where else would you point somebody? Maybe just like on some social media. I know we were talking about Instagram and LinkedIn. Uh, how can some folks find you there?
1: Yeah, just uh, it's under my name, Stacy Diffendaffer for LinkedIn and Instagram. So it's yeah, it's always great to connect with people there.
0: Awesome. And Diffendaffer is a total of four F's. So we've got do- it's double F both times. So D-I-F-F-E-N-D-A-F-F-E-R for anybody listening to this. I love your name. That's like that's like probably been the most the most fun name that I've that I've had on the podcast so far. So. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I enjoy it. Any fun thoughts? It's not fun nice to either? spell every time. <laughs> it's a little. It's a little long, but uh, it, well, it, it at least so it much. does. It is spelled the way that it sounds, which is good. Yeah, like, that's always I a like plus. Like I like stuff like yeah. That. It's to the Yeah. Point,
1: no, but. I I just really appreciate you having me on here, Duke. It's it's really um it's been a great conversation, and I just appreciate you and and the work that you're doing as well.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. Well, again, thank you, Stacey. Really appreciate it. We'll uh, have to do it again sometime. And um, yeah, thanks again. Well, for anybody checking this out by video or on one of the podcast platforms, really appreciate you guys as well. Just be sure and uh, check out some of these resources from Stacy. Visit her website, ownyourvictory.com. Check out the book. If you feel like you're in a place in your life where you um, don't need it, I'm sure you know people in your life that could really benefit from reading this book. I think anybody would benefit from reading it, but, uh, but definitely recommend it to somebody, recommend it to a friend, uh, check it out, read some of the reviews. I think that um, it's really going to bring a lot of value into the lives of so many more people and uh don't forget to subscribe if you haven't done so already you can catch all future live episodes on my facebook page at dk lamastra like and follow that way you'll get notified of all future live events and uh, if this episode blessed you added any value to your life consider sharing or leaving a review appreciate you guys see you next time bye stacy bye